This is a Reconstructionist Radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu. That's C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N dot E-D-U to download this book in PDF format or to purchase this book. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by Rusus John Rushduni. Copyright 2007, Mark R. Rushduni. Published by Calcedon Ross House Books. P.O. Box 158, Vallecito, California, 95251. All rights reserved. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by R.J. Rushduni. Chapter 19, The Counseling Heresy. The Church, all too prone to aping the world, has in the 20th century gone over to the practice of counselling. Now, godly counsel can be very beneficial, and to relate the Word of God to human problems is thoroughly necessary. The therapy heresy, however, is the adoption of humanistic premises as a means for the cure of souls. By Freud's deliberate design, psychological counselling, psychotherapy, was to replace the work of priests and pastors as the best means of eliminating religion. No attempts to disprove the Bible would succeed in undermining such faith. All men feel guilt, and they want a remedy for it. If science can take over the remedial therapy for guilt, Freud held, religion can be destroyed. Freud saw guilt as basic to the human problem, and those who enabled men to cope with it would become the true priests of the future. Out of this premise, psychotherapy was born. Sadly, the churches have been very quick to adopt it. Freud's analysis was brilliant but flawed. He saw guilt as the problem, whereas guilt is simply man's response to his sin. If sin is a myth arising out of man's primordial experiences, then the problem must be dealt with psychologically, because guilt is a state of the psyche of man, a deeply rooted feeling. If, however, guilt is not the problem, but rather a response to the problem, then we must look elsewhere. Because guilt is a manifestation of the root problem, sin, then all of our efforts are in vain if we do not face up to the heart of the matter. Sin is an act, a state of mind, a direction of the heart, and the essential character and orientation of a person. Dealing with guilt alone is like treating a cancer of the liver or of the intestines with salve. It is quackery. It is a basic premise of biblical faith that there can be no effectual change without regeneration. Apart from that, any change is pragmatic, cosmetic, or prudential. Counseling deals with the human scene and human relationships. The pastoral cure of souls gives primacy to man's relationship to God in Christ, man's eternal destiny, and then to the problems of human relationships. This is why the true and effectual cure of souls begins with confession. Confession in our time is a much neglected ministry, but it is all the same an essential one. Confession, among other things, requires two things. First, there must be a confession of sin. This means not specific sins, but the fact of a sin nature, 
our will to be our own God and our own source of good and evil, our own determiners of law and morality, from Genesis 3, 1-5. Sin is basic to man's determination. My will be done. Second, there must be a confession of sins, of specific expressions of our evil bent. Too many are ready to say, of course I sin, after all, I'm only, I'm only human. Moreover, where the counselling of couples is involved, there is a readiness to say, I did do that, but what about my spouse's sins? They're pro- they provoked me into sinning. There is another aspect to such confessions. A false confession can be true in the stated facts, but false because so much has been hidden or falsified. In our civil criminal courts, there is a practice known as plea bargaining. To save court time, a man accused of a very serious crime is allowed to plead guilty to a lesser one while the serious charge is dropped. Pleading guilty to a lesser offence is routine in counselling. It is often used to gain a facade of openness and repentance. The Shorter Catechism asks in question 14, What is sin? Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. In 1 John 3.4 we have the basic source for this statement. Quote, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. End quote. Apart from this fact, all attempts to deal with offenders is false and in vain, and of course, humanistic. This is why antinomianism has been so ready to adopt counselling, because it replaces God's law, the need for regeneration, and the necessity of confession and repentance. Of course, the heresy of counselling does not consider restitution. Its goal is a humanistic reconciliation, a peace at any price. As such, it is clearly evil. The therapy heresy bypasses the fundamentals of Christian faith, atonement, regeneration, restitution and more. Years ago, I heard a lecturer describe to an audience of ministers and ministerial students a marital problem which involved numerous offences by one partner, including habitual adultery. His rhetorical question was, how can we bring this couple together again? The reunion of the couple was the goal, not God's law or God's grace. The therapy heresy sees itself in terms of the medical model. Medical healing means that medication is added to the life of the patient, or by surgery, something is removed. In terms of scripture, the need in many cases begins with regeneration. In other instances, where the persons are truly Christian, there must be confession and repentance followed by restitution. Repentance means a reversal of direction, a total change in a person's life and character. Only after these things take place can there be restoration. To restore a sinning church member or a wayward spouse simply on his or her verbal affirmation is humanism. The counselling heresy is a thriving evil because exegesis and theology are no longer central to the church or the pulpit. Preaching is no longer systematic. If a pastor began a careful series of studies, chapter and verse, of all of Romans or all of Exodus, his people would rebel if he did not first abandon the idea. 
our humanistic pulpits give us a smorgasbord of subjects, choosing texts of general interest in order to command attention. The most important question about a sermon is, is it interesting? Not, does it enable us to understand the whole counsel of God? As it is now, people can attend a reformed or evangelical church all their lives and still be ignorant of the Bible and its doctrines. I have encountered devout Catholics and Protestants who thought reincarnation was in the Bible. The counselling heresy thrives with non-biblical preaching because it too bypasses the fundamentals of the faith. An old proverb says, We know a man by the company he keeps. The counselling regime keeps close company with humanism. We have now a considerable body of ostensibly Christian books on counselling, especially marital counselling. These books are full of pious goals and their announced goals are saving marriages and helping people. After all these things do the Gentiles seek, from Matthew 6.32. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. From Matthew 6.33. In Isaiah 31 we read, quote, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. End quote. God declares in Hosea 4.12, My people ask counsel at their stocks, and their staff declareth unto them, for the spirit of whoredoms hath caused them to err, and they have gone a-whoring from under their God. End quote. This is strong language. It applies to all attempts to redirect our lives apart from God and the priority of His law word. Humanistic counselling is man-centred, however noble its humanistic goals, it is alien to a God-centred faith. However, before we have the counselling heresy, we have had a failure in the pulpit. Word and doctrine have been replaced with inspirational pap and the clergy have become men-servers. A church with a good counselling program will have doctrine given a minor place at best. This is the end of chapter 19. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.